That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jabberknocker Podcast. As always, is Nestle alongside for the ride is a man that has missionary position every single night. JC. Well, we just referenced the two best things of the week, so yeah. I said we get right into the shine. Mandy, always in the shine, as always. Uh, Cena blew the roof off in Cleveland, as was expected. Um, he cut a promo, and the same cookie-cutter Cena promo he always cuts, but it's still super hot fire. But out comes Paul Heyman, and this is where it got really good, because as I just, you heard my eloquent pipes. Sure. Paul Heyman's pipes were pretty eloquent as well as he was leaving, just humming the song. It was so good. I was dying. This was obviously part one of the best part of the week, because part two came later in the night when Reigns came out and did his thing, but Nestlemania... This feud is already super hot fire. See, I was very excited because we'll talk more about the second part of this entire thing, but in about thirty seconds. Yeah, about thirty seconds. But the the like every I so again, I don't watch SmackDown live, like right overall. I don't watch wrestling live unless it's a pay-per-view. And everybody was talking about the Heyman thing, Heyman thing. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I saw just the gif of him like dancing and going, <laughs> you know, whatever. I was just it's so funny to me because it's so simple. Anybody can do it, yet nobody thinks of it. Nobody thinks of like how something so simple can be so effective. And it's like, you're not even a thought in our brains. I'm out here for him on his time. He'll come out, do his own thing. In the meantime, I'm just going to sing your song. And it was entertaining. It got the point over. And it was something we hadn't seen in a while. And it worked. So I was very excited for it. And Paul Heyman, whether you like him or you hate him, it doesn't really matter. It's irrelevant. He is so brilliant on just finding something to... Rem- like you just you remember almost almost everything that guy does every single time. Yeah, no, he's he's incredible and pairing him with Reigns, who as we saw later, is one of the best promos in the biz. He has been for a while, but this one like was really like you can tell like this Cena feud has been a long time coming with a heel character Roman Reigns. Like they've obviously these two have faced before, but never like this. And this is really this is gonna be special. And man, when Roman Reigns came out, like the fun stuff with the crowd, just like. The atmosphere every time he comes out is just so good. The acknowledge me stuff is so good. He obviously tells Cena to fuck off. It's like, I'm not taking your challenge, you know? But it just like the way he did it, just going through and just the 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 delivery of the missionary line was just so well done. I was just hooked into this promo. I watched it twice because it was so good. You can just tell how comfortable Roman is. We've heard it for years from people being like, dude, this guy is just some of the most natural charisma you'll ever see. He is like the coolest customer there is. In this segment, I felt like really showed that off because he was just a dude out there just being himself and he's just naturally funny. He's naturally good. He like he doesn't have a weakness, which is crazy. Like this man doesn't have a weakness. It's just unfortunate that they he had to, like I feel like the crowd would be more accepting of him 
if we had this before, but I know we had to get Yeah, and that I think a lot thing. of the crowd not accepting him helped build it even more. Sure. It was just frustrating how long it took. Sure. But WrestleMania, I got to get to the rest of this segment because what really got me here is because a lot of the times in WWE, it's the cookie cutter. We'd be like, okay, this guy's facing Cena, so it's going to be week after week. That's all it's going to be. Uh-uh-uh. They switched it up. They did something that you'd see in AEW or NXT, which is why I think those shows are a lot better sometimes. Someone else came out. Ah! Talk about over like Rover. Cena, Finn Balor, are you kidding me? The crowd was like, they're just like, they're just throwing all of them to Roman Reigns, which is perfect. I love this because Finn Balor, obviously he beat Sami Zayn early in the night, earlier in the night in a great match like they always have. We, uh, we thought that might be a feud, but clearly no. They're using this. He's going to be the guy out there, and I think, I don't know if they're fighting this week or coming up, but Finn Balor and Roman Reigns, do you remember the last time they had a match? I don't remember the last time, but I know that Finn beat him when the Universal yes, Championship. Yes, it was the last time. It was this. It was. Uh, no, I think he had a, he had a rematch or something. Maybe he know. might have, but that match was fucking awesome. Yeah. And but we now we get to see that match with Finn, who I think has really like Finn has always been great, but I think the run that he was on in NXT like it helped reestablish himself and get him back to in his groove. Where I think wrestling wise, it's the best Finn Balor I've ever seen. And now we're at Roman Reigns, where he is the best character of him we've ever seen, slash wrestler. Like, this match could be something really special. And if it's this week or whenever it is, I hope it's treated like a big deal. I think it's a great way to get us to Roman Cena. Um, I think it's fun that there's, like, this extra thing because it will just, like, make this Roman blowing off Cena thing. It'll make it even more. And this is how you make stuff interesting, man. And I think SmackDown really had the fun. I thought this entire episode of SmackDown was great. But obviously, like, the book ended with these two segments, like... Mwah. Beautiful. So I, I, I'm going to get a lot of hate on this really quickly, but the one thing I will say about, and again, bias aside, I, I loved Finn Balor, you know, when he was in New Japan. I loved him when he was in NXT the first time. Loved him when he was in part of the, you know, Raw and SmackDown for a while. He went to NXT. He did some good stuff. But the way I watched him wrestle Sami Zayn specifically made me feel like he he is so good at what he does, and I want him to be super careful of not having the same match every single time. I think there are people who can always have different matches, like a Roman Reigns, a John Cena, whatever. But when I was watching Sammy and I was watching Finn wrestle, I went, this is the greatest hits of Finn Balor, which is, again, perfectly fine. In a return match. In a, in a, in a return match, yeah. is perfectly fine. But my initial thought was, I know you have more to show me because I've seen it. And my fear was, it's like, if Cena can't be the biggest babyface right now against you know Roman Reigns because they're you know prolonging it five weeks or six weeks or whatever, you like you just said the next biggest pop is a Finn Balor most likely on the babyface side for men, and so it's a logical standpoint to be in. But my nervousness is, can Finn Balor show as much as we know he has? Because I feel like some people, when they get to a TV match versus a pay per view match, I know you're giving me the blank stare, but if they just do the TV matches, it feels like they're running through motions, and I'm nervous about that. Don't disagree with that, but I think here's the difference. He's facing Roman fucking Reigns. Right, and I think that's like the, if, uh, if he faced Sami Zayn next week or if he faced, like, I don't know, like an Apollo Crews or something, maybe, because I feel like he's wrestled these guys a million times. So, that yeah, they do go back to their greatest hits. And the thing about Finn and Sami is they're both so naturally gifted that, yeah, they're, it's going to be like that stuff. But you don't face Roman Reigns every day because Roman Reigns doesn't fight every day, which is the beauty of Roman Reigns. But it's also like... That's it's gonna that's match is gonna be treated as a huge match. And I think it will be on TV, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, but I think it's gonna be I think it's really gonna blow us out of the water because I also think like Roman Reigns obviously the character is unique, but 
he's also much different than Finn wrestling. All the guys he's been wrestling in NXT, uh, besides Karrion Cross, just based on a size thing in general, Roman Reigns is a completely different animal. So I think maybe going forward that could be something you're worried about. That's always, I think, a fear in general with baby faces. Is that you get the greatest hits because they have to rely on those cheap crowd pops like as yeah. a babyface character. So I think going forward, like, sure, but not against Roman Reigns. So maybe the question should be what it'll be like after Roman Reigns yeah. for him, because that that to after me he's is, notched on the belt, right? Not, he's just another uh, crystal in the the stone, you know, essentially, which is hand, fine with me. The Affinity Stone, Finn Balor, you know what I mean? Like that's pretty much what he is to because to, that's what I would like to see. But that's the other thing. But uh, something that I actually I, I'm curious how you feel about, and uh, we, we kind of discussed it very quickly off air. The best part of Raw for me in the Shine came completely out of left field, and we're talking about the Hurt Business reunion. I know for you it's a sore spot and a good spot at the same time. Oh, it's a sweet spot. It's a sweet spot. Yeah. You like it right there. Yep. Like when you do it right there, right there. Yep. Perfect. All right, so I, I, Bobby came out, did his whole thing, and like the fact that Bobby talks the way Bobby talks is fine for me. He's a good promo now, in my he opinion. Is. He is. He's not a great promo, but he's he, he's not going to lose he's, it. He, uh, like him as a champion and him being the best version of himself, like – I enjoy his promos, and obviously MVP carries a lot of it, but I think that's why it's good, because that's what, how it should be. Yeah, and I think the thing is, is like, we got, not, uh, it's not like the exact same thing, but this is how, uh, this is the closest comparison I can make. It's like Mike Tyson with Don King back in the day. It's like, without Mike, the lift. Without, I'm a bizarre individual. It, there's so much about that Mike was a trained killer, and Don was like, it's splendiferous. It's blah, blah, blah. And then that's what MVP is. He's the promoter of the, the almighty, which is spelt incorrectly, apparently. I did not know that. Almighty is supposed to be a certain way. Yes. Um, but it's funnier because WWE is what they do. And then Bobby comes out and just, you know, sees a vein pop out of his head. And he's just like, I'm going to kill somebody and whatever. So I'm excited. And then, of course, Shelton, uh, sorry, Shedrick came out first, which again, with a new, a new little look he's got it going on. It was weird. It was well, weird. I, I didn't mind it because it's one of those things that's like you got to spice it up every now and then. Even like little changes. We talk about like I always talk about my guy Corbin, like changing little things about his look. Like especially as a heel, like Sheamus has always been a guy that done this better than anyone when he brought the mohawk. Like change a little something about yourself every now and then as a heel. So he comes out and he's screaming. And then, of course, Sheldon takes the mm. words right out of my mouth going, do you realize how annoying you sound? And I, <laughs> Finally, somebody called to it, you know. But that's that. That's him. That's that's exactly how he is. And we were like, okay, they both wanted a shot at Bobby, and then Bobby flipped the script and said, "I'll take both you on at the same time," which was like, I, I thought they would do a triple threat match, but they went back. No, to, this was better. This, this is well, we complain about a lot of the times of the handicap matches with the top guys and then burying tag teams. To me, this wasn't a burial because I thought it was a cool moment with these guys coming out. They had history, but. This whole freaking run recently about Bobby is building him up as the biggest badass ever. So hopefully he just fucking annihilates Goldberg. And that's what this was. This match, if you even, I don't even know if you want to call it that, but it I thought a job it, alert. it was fucking perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. And Shelton and Cedric are so good. They made Bobby look like the greatest thing of all time. It was, this was, it was literally beautiful to watch. It was a lot of fun for a different couple of reasons. But I mean, they, that, that specific, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's like a jacked up spine buster choke mm-hmm. slam thing he does. I when I saw Cedric go up for it, I went, Jesus. Because it was just a calamity of booms. Yeah. And it was awesome throughout the entire thing. And of course, similar to, to Roman Reigns, as we talked about, and I'm curious how you feel about it because it's the two big monster heels doing very similar things. I, they both said no to their challengers at yes, SummerSlam. I didn't mind it because it was it was very similar because the parallels, obviously, you already had the parallels because Cena and Goldberg, both guys coming out of nowhere, challenging yeah. for a title. So it was the peril of the guys being like, no, fuck you. You're not here. You don't deserve it. Like, I didn't mind that. And especially because 
like we kind of we actually talked about this off air as well, is that the difference was with Roman Reigns is Finn Balor, who immediately set up a one-on-one challenge down the line, which will lead us there, whereas this one was just like two guys that had a history with Bobby come out, and he just beats the shit out of them. So I thought it was a very similar way to start, but they finished in two completely different ways that were both very good, that I don't mind the parallels when you do stuff like that. But are you going to be worried about the parallels if it's the same all the way to SummerSlam? No, because I think... I don't know when the dates are when these guys are showing up, um, but I think that it's gonna, it's on a different trajectory now because Roman clearly has this mini feud with Balor, whether it's just for this week or two weeks or whatever, whereas I think Lashley, like I don't know if Goldberg's on next week, but we're at least he's just going to get back to like, cut, cutting his promos, I think. I don't, I don't know because I would assume we're done with the, the little Hurt Business thing. It was a one-week thing, which was a lot of fun. Um, so I think the Bobby Goldberg is going to go back to a mano-a-mano thing, whereas like the Roman thing is Roman Finn with Cena kind of lurking. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point to say because I'm nervous too because I'm going to miss SummerSlam anyway. But nervous Nestle strikes again. I know, right? Well, there's no other. There's no other. That's I, true. I don't relax. Are you kidding me? I don't know how to relax. <laughs> that that's is my wife. That's true. Uh, but no, it's just like it goes through my mind thinking like, okay, Cena and, and Reigns is appointment television. You don't want to miss that. Goldberg versus Lashley, I feel like I can miss because I'm hoping what happens happens. And if I see something the opposite of that, I'm going to turn my TV but off But that's anyway. the thing. Either way, it's like it's appointment television because like you're hoping for the best. And but it, is it though? If, I, if I'd rather not watch it? But you're going to watch it because you literally just said if it's one way, then you're going to be – like if, if it comes up, we're going to get the Goldberg entrance first of all, which for some fucking reason, like I said last week, I can't help it. I love it. But if it's literally Lashley just beating the piss out of him for like two minutes – like we're gonna we're gonna be happy. It'll be one of the things we remember the best. It'll be a big signature check mark for Lashley. But if it goes the other way, it's like we're already in, and we and then we're just suffering through it, hoping for the best. And then we're also scared because oh fuck, is Goldberg gonna do it again to another dominant champion? So either way, they got us. That's true. Unfortunately, That's true. they got us. We don't want Goldberg, but we're in. I, I think the thing is, is that we rely so much on Bobby to be kind of the winner <laughs> that if he's not, we're gonna like kind of have an aneurysm yeah if i mean the only way i see him losing is if they they have freaking biggie cash in on goldberg but i think it'd be more fun to have biggie cash in on roman or lashley so sure but who knows what they do all right what else you got in the shine um well this is something that they've been building for a while uh we just talked about one faction reuniting there was actually another one that pitted them against each other retribution all in the same reign but it wasn't about that we've obviously been getting teased with this mansoor ali thing backstage and you know we didn't really know where it was going but mansoor got them in a tag team match and i thought this was a lot of fun they obviously faced t-bar and mace who their cockiness and bravado is honestly incredibly entertaining whether you follow them on twitter or the little bits they get on tv because it's just like they are like perennial losers but they act like they're the greatest thing ever and I love that shit. I'll eat that up. So good for them, making something out of nothing. But this was all about Mansoor and Ali in their dynamic. Obviously, Ali got the shit beat out of him early. Mansoor made some saves. But the moment when Mansoor picked up his win, which I think was awesome, it was something he needed as like a new babyface character that most people aren't familiar with. It's just like, I, th- I think it was either Dom or somebody said in the thread, like Ali's facial expressions and reaction to every moment of it was fucking perfect. It told the story. Like, I don't even, I wasn't even listening to the commentary because I didn't need it for this because Ali did such a great job selling this story and Mansoor's jubilance like they they wrote me in I want to see this like whether it's one of those things where it's a short term or a long term like this little fun ride as them as a like a new tag team I think is going to be a lot of fun see I'll go even one further and say that Mansoor's reaction to the dive when he dove over him he was like 
That was awesome. Yeah, that it was, was like a kid too. in a candy store, yep. and you could tell he was playing up the elatedness of being in the WWE with a guy that he thought was very highly recommended, and just he wanted maybe he wants to model himself after being like Ali, which is again something that is awesome. And you got that actual for a second there, I went, well, this is why he's fucking up here. Like, no, I'm not saying like screwing up. I mean, that's why he's up where he's supposed to be because Mansoor has that. I'm a fan. I believe what I'm doing is the right thing to do. And I'm just happy that I'm in the moment and it came off very, very authentic. Yeah. And I love when authentic just comes right off the screen. So this tag team, as weird as it is, because they do these makeshift kind of things all the time, especially on Raw, I'm excited because I hope we don't get, you know, uh, right to the moon is it Ali and and Oh, we're going to probably see this match for the next three weeks if I know Raw. I don't know. You know what's happening. They're going to get a rematch I next just, week. For me, it's just like I can't I can't fathom watching two seven-footers lose continuously. Like, to me, that, that's it's, odd. That, it's is, that odd. is the tough part. But I thought the, for this week it worked. Yeah, for but, this week, sure, because yeah, they had to, like, keep it going. Yeah. But I, I will say, like, I do – like, you're reminded every now and then about how great someone is. Like, in this match, I got reminded of how good Ali is because I've just, like – I've been, like, so negative about him the last year because Retribution was such a flop and all this that – you forget how fucking magical he is in the rain. And every now and then you get reminded of it. And just seeing this little spark of him working with a babyface and their potential as a babyface team, it just it gives me that little glimmer of hope that, like, okay, we get to see this guy in his truest potential. Well, we love Ali here on the program. At least I do. So, anyway, let's move on. Speaking of truest potential, Sad Sack Corbin living the dream. I mean, this thing just, like, it gets better and better. And these promos, whether they're on TV or the exclusive online, like, they're just so fucking good. He is so into this character. The interview with Kayla was just like, I'm watching. And this is just like, you want to talk about authentic? Like, for a, for like, if you just showed this to someone randomly, like, it just feels so real. And, like, he's so downtrodden and just, like, he's so bought into this. And the Kevin Owens thing is interesting because he's starting to, like, maybe, like, show a little empathy towards him, which is weird because, obviously, these two guys got history. And KO just keeps saying, like, dude, you've been a dick to everyone forever. Of course, no one wants to help you. But then you get this little glimmer of, like, when Ziggler and Rude are, like, bullying him. Him, the guy that used to formerly be their boss, it's just kind of like KO kind of sticking up for him. It kind of piques my interest. Like, are they really going to make these guys a team or something? So it's honestly this weird thing where it, it could be an interesting relationship. Um, I'm curious to see where it goes because I was curious to see, like, how do you use this sad sack Corbin gimmick and eventually move it forward? Well, it looks like KO could be that guy. And it would be a really fun thing to have KO kind of build this guy back up and then maybe Corbin turns on him or whatever. Like, there's so many ways you can go for it. So I'm so intrigued by it. And the week-to-week stuff so far is just so enjoyable because, man, Corbin, dude, like, dude's a fucking MVP. He really is. So my thought went to originally that, you know, they made a joke on online that they supposedly have the copyright for Happy Corbin is going to be his name, <laughs> which is whatever. You can, you can read into that all you want. I, we don't really talk very much about dirt sheets here on the program. But the one thing that I thought was really interesting to me was I would like to see a full trans, you know, transformation in, in some form where it would be like this. KO gets Corbin back up to where he needs to be. Yep. But Corbin has an appreciation now that he's fallen. So now Corbin becomes a babyface. And then you have KO turn on him. Ooh. So then you get the KO that you want because KO is that vicious prize fighter. And then you have Corbin being like, well, what the hell? You know, which we've never seen before. It's new. It's fresh. It really is And new. so you get back to the Kevin Owens that I wouldn't say the greatest hits, but I'd say that's what, what that's the money yeah. in, in Kevin Owens. It's not the G golly gosh guy. And then you, you know that you have money in Corbin. You can always go back if you have to break the glass. But this is very intriguing to all of us. 
So maybe Baron Corbin is a reluctant babyface going up against a shitty Kevin Owens after the fact. Because Kevin Owens made a very specific point to give him $20, you know, and try to sit there and look at it from a perspective of like, Jesus, I'm just going to, you know what, you're, you are, you're down on your luck. But eventually something's going to happen where something turns and maybe KO loses his luck a little bit and then just snaps. And I think that, to me, I would be very interested in that because the, KO is a great vehicle, whether it's you know, the Kevin Owens show, whether he's wrestling you, whatever the case is, he's just so good at getting other people over that this right here, they, they trusted him with this. And I don't think it's over. And I think we're going to see a lot of them together. And I, and I hope what I just said comes to fruition because I think it's money. Yeah, there's this. There's so many good things on SmackDown right now, and this is one of like the fun like side storylines that is kind of in the beginning stage. But something that's full throttle, and this is something that like, I mean, I've been intrigued by this, and I think this is how we get a better version of especially Edge. But I really enjoyed the Seth Edge segment. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm really into this feud because finally we're getting we got Edge away from the title. We have Seth like working with someone who I just I think it's it's such a good combo. The amount of aggression we're gonna get and where this like match could end up being like I think these two guys really have a chance to put on a show but I think it's just like that the feeling of edge just away from that and just allowing him to be like okay just feud with this guy like just have a blood feud and like they, they, they laid the groundwork and the the crumbs for this for a while so like you feel it and Seth man Seth is on another level right now. I mean, people, I know people love like former versions of Seth, and there were some that were good, but overall, like for me, the Seth that we've seen the last six months or whatever is the best version of Seth Rollins I've enjoyed the most and I've ever seen and that I love. So I'm just all in on this ride. I think this feud's a lot of fun. I think it's a thing at SummerSlam where it's just like it's its own thing, and I think they're really going to have some sort of stipulation match, and I think these guys are going to fucking kill each other. So that was going to be my next obvious question was. What stipulation do they think they're going to go to? Is it just going to be a chairs match? Is extreme rules match? No holds barred? Please no cage match. You know, I would like, think it'd be like some sort of a no holds barred or a street fight or just yeah. something where like uh, pretty much anything goes, you know? That's and my guess. So um, for me, I'm also wondering if they're going to get Betty involved because she's uh, Beth has been sitting there on NXT for a very long time doing whatever she's doing on commentary. It's an easy thing to do is just have Seth fucking curb stomper. We saw yeah. Randy RKO her, so yeah. you know, we know she can take it. Oh, yeah, like she's, she, she's, she's great. She, there's nobody better in terms of the ring. Yeah. She's awesome. So, I mean, for me, I think that would add a layer to it. I mean, you're not. I don't think you're going to have Becky with Edge because that doesn't seem like a good idea. I don't think we're going to see Becky for a while. That's my hot take. I mean, I, that's fine. I don't think that that's probably wrong, but I am curious to see if they do in, include the Phoenix in this one because she's there and... It'll just make sure, you know, it'll just make sure that nobody cheers for Seth Rollins at all. As we've seen except, with the, except uh, for Danny Grimwood. I was, no, I was going to say, as we've seen with Roman Reigns and, like, guys in the past, like, there's always going to be some, but, I mean, those mixed reaction mans are just as good, man. As long, like, as, long as there's fucking noise, and there's going to be a lot of noise on both sides for this feud. Anything else that you want to talk about? You want to um, get hopeful? No, we got to talk about the drip drip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny okay, Drip okay, Drip. Okay, We're heading okay. back over to Raw because... I mean, first of all, like, you want to talk about a guy that's over. Like, we're talking about, like, Finn and, and stuff. But, like, Riddle, man. That pop for Riddle. It's just, like, it shows, like, we, we people rip all the time about these guys going from NXT to the main roster. Like, Riddle's an example of when they do it right, they really do it right. Like, it has been fucking flawless. And it has gotten better and better. And whereas he's, like, he's one of the best acts in the show. And it's not even close. And he has been consistently, as we've talked about, for all of 2021. But someone else who's really busted out the past month or so with help from his sidekick in a wheelchair is 
J-Mo, as Johnny Drip Drip with the drip sticks and everything. And this segment had it all. They obviously set it up beforehand with Omos and AJ, which got me super excited. If, like, these two motherfuckers are going after Riddle, that means a Randy Orton return could be right around the corner. And a lot of people, like, from what I've read, it seems like August is when he might be coming back sometime. Well, August starts next week, so I would maybe we will get our match at SummerSlam. I'm very, very hopeful for that. But this had everything in it, like Omos coming out and snapping Riddle's scooter, which obviously caused him to lose, and J-Mo picks up yet another win, which I think is great. Like, everything about this was fun. That's my big thing with this, is, like, when you're looking at Raw, like, the first hour and a half of this show fucking sucked. But the second hour and a half, for the most part, which included this and other things, I thought was pretty good. And this was just, from start to finish, it's fun. You found a way to use all these different characters. Everyone comes out and pushes forward Riddle and AJ Omos feud, but it also gets J-Mo's momentum going. Miz falling over in the wheelchair, flailing, and Riddle making fun of him. Like, just all these little things. It's like, there's so much talent out there that it just is just so good. The one thing I wanted to bring up that you, that you basically said the entire thing that was going on, but the, the, the very end there, everybody was anticipating Randy Orton to come back. Yeah. Which when I was... Make us wait. It may, yeah. yeah. Just wait for that week before SummerSlam. And just break pull the down trigger. Riddle. Just let them like, yep. like literally, because it'll get heat. Like, because that's the thing with AJ and Omos is like, AJ's always gonna get cheered because he's fucking AJ Styles. But and like, I honestly, I I love Omos. I'm fascinated by him. He's my new Braun. Like, I'm all in. Like, watching him. Snap what if the Braun scooter, comes back? Then if they face each other, I'm just gonna like my pants are gonna explode. <laughs> so it's just like I'm excited. But you gotta you gotta get them some real actual heat. Like them, their like short term feud with the Viking Raiders was fine. Obviously, we'll we can talk about that after if we want because there's something about that that I hated, but. Um, you got to get these guys like some like little heat and by them just beating up Riddle every week, like it'll get them legit heat and it'll really make it like when like, uh, uh, what is Ray's game called again? Predict, Predict the pop. pop yeah. I believe you said on Twitter, it's a nine. I'm going to put uh fucking infinity because when Randy Orton's music hits, whenever it is, I hope it's, well, I don't know what the show's leading up to SummerSlam are, but find the best venue and fucking do it there. Oh my God. Will that roof blow off, especially like to save Riddle and reunite those guys. Like when those two motherfuckers together are in front of a crowd, it is going to be amazing. And I think it'll just elevate the tag team wrestling in WWE to another level, which that is something about raw. There was a lot of tag matches with a lot of actual tag teams, which I think was a, like a nice development for raw. Cause they need a little variety in their show there. But overall, just like, man, I thought this was great because I'm like, they're setting this up. This is hap- This is going to happen because unless if there's not going to be a handicap match at SummerSlam, like we should be getting our tag match, which is fucking awesome. The one thing I hope they don't do, and you just kind of said it to me, is we expect a pop. Yes. But if that music doesn't play, we're not getting the pop as much as big as if he just slides in, slithers, and hits the RKO. I which think I hope they, they got to do the do. music. They got to do the music. Because in my mind, the visual is them beating him down, beating him down, beating him down, and then you hear, I have a and then you know oh, what about, hey nothing you can say oh do you know how big i'd pop oh that's never man. gonna happen that song is hey, like whiny hey, whiny boys never say never jeff hardy got his music back that's right the wet hands yeah dance. and it helped him beat carrying cross so but anyway besides we're not gonna touch that that jeff hardy stuff with a 10-foot pull yeah. but i will say this much if you do the rko to nowhere it's great and all but that pop with that music is what you need because the crowd if you watched last night they just made a beeline their eyes were looking yep frothing in They'll their mouth every week like give us blue balls yeah. for a couple yes. weeks here because you know i you know it's one of those things like randy's like just yes he he's on he was on the medical list but he's taking time off it's summer man let the yeah. man have vacation he's the he's the fucking the like the best like guy that's supposed to be a part-timer that actually works full-time there is like he's, he's cal ripkin most of the time he's the fucking goat man you know? he really is so he doesn't miss much honestly so no. I, I i'm all for it and like you said when it happens it's uh, an explosion of kit well well it's just an explosion that i can't say specifically what is going to happen but 
It's it's everyone's a, pants are gonna bulge. <laughs> they men, do. woman, child, dogs, cats, every living thing. Yes, and trees. some things in the ground will come alive <laughs> when Randy Orton comes back. Uh-huh. Is there anything else that you thought was positive? Because otherwise, I'm getting pretty heaty in here. I have a transition piece because most of what we got of this obviously was heat, but I liked the way Raw ended. With Charlotte eating Nikki. And, like, I know people are mad, like, oh, your champion loses. No, 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 no. For me, this is one of those cases where, like, I wanted Charlotte to win and I wanted her to look dominant because I think that's part of the Nikki story. Because now, building up to SummerSlam, Nikki, even though that she's the champion and, like, we t- discussed at length last week, hot shotted, she's suddenly the underdog again, despite holding the title because she got her fucking ass whipped in that for the majority of that match by Charlotte. And that's what I wanted to see because that's what, how it should be to build this up. Because it's one of those things like you gave her that quick moment last week, you can give her another moment at SummerSlam as an underdog when she, fu- if she fucking pins Charlotte. Like, that that would just be like, oh, oh, give me that. Like that's oh. that's a mini hope right there. Like, like let let Nikki eventually pin Charlotte. But I would love to see this every week. Nikki just get dominated by Charlotte and by Rhea and just continue to break her down. And like it's this is one of those few cases where like I want your champion to go out there and look weak every week because that's how it should be. Because people can call it a fluke of her win. And I think that's part of the story is to just sell it as a fluke. So then when she finally overcomes all and proves that she can do it at SummerSlam, you got two moments out of a cash-in. And that's, I think, the beauty of this story. And that's why I was really looking for this. Because if Nikki would have just got a fluke win here on Raw, then that magic is gone. But instead, they kept the magic. And also, it unlocked. I know boy, our boy Dom was frothing at the mouth about it in the chat. But what have I always said about Charlotte? Let her be the biggest... C word or whatever word you want to use because that is the best version of Charlotte. Like she is such a good heel when she is clicking and when she, you can tell she's invested as a heel. She's kind of like Orton in that way. Like when you let her just go and be the biggest dick she can be, there ain't no one better at being a dick. So it is funny that a woman's better at being a dick than most men. Yeah, I mean she's she's like I I compare to Randy Orton, who's the goat of it. Oh yeah, I know. But like in terms of like, there's no other woman who's on her level, and most of the men aren't either. But her beating the shit out of Nikki, then talking shit about it, just like Charlotte getting heat from a crowd, like that is the feeling that I like. Like I like I just feel that energy flowing through me. It's just like yes, I picture Charlotte as like the fucking what was that show, Dragon Ball Z? Like the (laughs) the evil guy went holy holy. You just see Charlotte starting to glow and like the flames coming coming out of her and her getting ready for like an evil explosion like that's it's just so good so the shit that we get to get there obviously wasn't great but that moment the end of raw was so good to me so i knew she was gonna lose based on what she said in the promo in the middle of the show where she was like i've lost i have failures now i'm not afraid to fail but she had to have that moment of oh crap i did fail to prove that she can overcome and to make her the most fucking relatable character yeah. on the show. Because thing, like, the moment to open up was cool for her. Like, the crowd was mostly into it. You can tell, like, like for little kids and everything, she's over, like, Rover. But the way you make her relatable to even, like, the fucking dorky virgins, like, to boo everything is just, you just got to do stuff like this. Break her down. Make her seem, like, she just seems like a regular person, like me or you. Like, if we put on a costume and tried to live out our dreams. And that's so fucking relatable. And it's so refreshing because you talk about these forced baby faces. Like, this one, are there aspects of it that are forced? Of course. It's a baby face but it's just like there's something different here with Nikki and like her promos they're not perfect and it's just like it makes her more relatable like everything about her like I relate to her and it makes me smile more like I'm so happy for her man it's crazy yeah I I was happy for it I mean like you said we will probably hit the heat now but it's just it was a lot and the other thing that was so here's the confusion part for me Mm -hmm. and you'll probably be able to explain it or you'll feel the exact same way that I do 
So we have Nikki come out. She cuts this like very endearing promo, and then of course Charlotte comes out and does the whole ugly stepsister or wicked witch promo kind of thing. Like, I'm the opportunity. Yada da. Here's my Rolex. Yada yada. She waves it around, and then Rhea comes out. The crowd loves Rhea. Big pop. Big pop. And then, you know, it's two women against the superhero, almost a superhero. They called Charlotte calling her almost an idiot or whatever. I was just like, all right, now she's cheap heat. Yeah, it was just it was just whatever. But so then. They 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 come out and they're like, okay, SummerSlam, it's a triple threat match. It's a triple threat match at Wrestle. Uh, sorry, at SummerSlam. Yeah, <laughs> which is fine. Well, so we expected. You know, we right. got the, the Sonya delivery. Which, yeah, it, uh, as Danny would call it, the very robotic yeah. delivery. It really but, is. But here's sad. here's the issue that I had. Then it, it, later on, they had it said it was a championship contenders yeah. match. So as in my head, they didn't even say the stakes of if she lost, if Charlotte lost. Does that mean she wasn't in the triple threat? No. So I think this was just classic WWE clearly did a rewrite at some point, and not everything got rewritten. Whether it was like the beginning of show, the show uh, was rewritten, but they didn't change like the graphics for the match. And they're like, oh, fuck it, whatever. We'll just do it. We know Charlotte's going to win anyways. But it was just like, yeah, no, I saw that too. I was laughing because I'm like, you already announced the triple threat, and now they're going with these fucking contender matches, which I fucking hate. It's just an excuse to have more reruns. Like we've seen it. We saw it with the SmackDown women's titles, but now we have another one on. We'll get to that after. But it's just, it's just like, it's, it's so lazy but this was like clearly like there was a rewrite and they didn't fix it and it was just like who's your quality control guy did that guy get laid off like you're supposed to have a quality control person that overlooks this shit and make sure this shit doesn't happen because yeah that was embarrassing it was i bad. just i for me i always look at the details and i always love <laughs> so continuity. you didn't but, have to look for this one. no this one was right in your face. yeah it was, and the other thing too is like it popped up like in the lower thirds too during other matches and i went well, now it's just a glaring issue. Yeah. You know, and so I think that they're like, I, I know most people are going to just say, oh, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Yada, yada. But it, it it's a glaring issue that I think it's that, bad. that they continuously overlook or don't care about. And it's like you're presenting you're presenting something to me that says, if you don't care, why should I care? Why should I care about the product that you're giving to me when you don't even put in the same amount of effort? I literally just want to turn on my TV or my iPad or whatever from 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock or whenever the hell I watch. I want to be entertained. I don't want to remember that I'm watching something that is going to have a fuck up in it, but that's hard and I understand that. But at least make sense of what you're doing. This is an avoidable one is the point because like there's fuck ups again, fine with, but this was not, this was just like, this is just bad from like this, this like like they royally, royally screwed up on this one. Like this, this is the kind of shit you can't have happen. It's and bad. honestly, here's the other thing: I wouldn't be that mad if it wasn't threaded throughout the entire night. If it wasn't the main story, it was the A story. It was on Raw. Bobby was the second hour, but this was it. This was threat, like you said. This was the main thing, and as we said, like it ended. It ended amazingly. But to get there, it was a little bit of a rough journey. <sighs> There's so much more we could talk. All right. About. Well, I got a quick one here because yep. we already talked about it, but. How long is Raw, Adam? Three hours, Joshua. How how and it's once a week, right? So it's three hours a week, and yes. we talk about how fucking like watered down it is. They have the audacity. Your fucking Raw tag team champions get already in the ring ring treatment for a fucking championship match. First of all, I'm with my boy Grimwood in the chat. Everyone should get a fucking entrance. I know you fast forward them, but everyone should get an entrance, especially on a three hour show like on SmackDown or AEW or NXT where. They have to cut an entrance now and then, or they start it before break and like quickly just to like give a tease. Like I'm fine with that because I get it. But on Raw, you have a fucking three-hour show where so much of it is filled with absolute bullshit. You can't give your tag team champions, who have already been underexposed so much since they won, 
You can't give them a fucking entrance. First of all, they came out first, which is fucking... I hate that shit. Cardinal rule. Hate that shit. Champions out second. But you don't give them a fucking entrance. Like, this just... It's unacceptable to me. The match was fine. It was what I expected. It was good. The right team won, blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, I was so irate, I couldn't enjoy it. You were irate, really? This was my biggest heat of the week. I hate this shit. I hate this shit. That's a very minuscule thing to be upset about, in my opinion. First of all, AJ Styles is one of your most overacts and one of your fucking veteran, like, fucking the disrespect, and he's a fucking champion. Omos is a new guy you're trying to build. Like, oh, it's just like, it's, it just, it grinds my gear, shit like this. I don't understand. See, here, this is probably where we're going to get into a conversation, but. If you were saying that they weren't getting a match, I get that. No, no. But why does the entrance to you matter more than the matchup? Because it sets it up. They're your champions. They need to be regaled on their way to the ring. They need to be shown the respect. You're trying to build them. AJ Styles needs his opportunity on TV in front of a crowd to get fucking heat from said crowd. The easiest way to do it and to get it going right off the bat is your entrance and when you do your fucking poses in the ring. When you take that away and give them already in the ring treatment, disrespect, taking away opportunities, hate it, boom, dead. Bah, smack whoever's idea that was. I don't care. I, I, well, I, you're an idiot. And no, you're I'm erroneous. not an idiot. No, I'm not erroneous. This was the worst part of the week. No, because someone didn't get Biggest an entrance. Not just someone. Your raw tag oh team champion. Like they care about tag teams. They somebody... do care about tag teams. All right. So anyway, so that's that's your perspective, and that's fine. That's everyone's perspective. That's fine. Here's the thing: if everybody had an entrance, you'd be complaining that it took fucking no, I forever. I love entrances. I'm an entrance guy. If the Raw was three hours of entrances, oh my I'd God. be fucking get thrilled. Here. I told you, Money in the Bank's oh one of my, my favorite God. events of the year because I get eight straight entrances. You guys are Do-do-do. ridiculous. I love Let's, the Royal Rumble. No, why? Because I get 60 entrances. Let's fucking go. That's Most beautiful. Most of them is everybody running. Yeah, but I don't care. I get the music. I get the entrance. I don't care. Oh my God. I love entrances. Here's, entrances here's, are better than the matches most of the time. Here's, here's something that you need to learn from the 1960s, 70s, 80s. Wrestling is far back... As probably the beginning of time, 1908, with Abraham Lincoln, with the NWA championship. It's a thing. Look it up, apparently. Here's what I'm going to tell you right now. If you cannot get heat without your fucking entrance, you shouldn't be on television. No, no, no that's not what I said. That's what you no, said. No, no, that's not what I said. Because AJ King. How get... do I get my heat? No. How do I get my heat? That's how you set it up. And these guys haven't been on TV enough and haven't really been. Who cares? Like, they got the they heat. They're the tag team champions. Oh they deserve God. an entrance. You are going against AJ Styles. No, you I'm hear not. that, Marks? Nestle hates AJ Styles. That's not what I and said. And Nestle is anti AJ Styles. He thinks he sucks. He thinks he can't get heat. No, see, this so is where you Cancel spread... Nestle 2021. Don't say shit like that because you're wrong. I didn't I am correct. Listen, you can sit on that side of the fence. Oh, no, no. This side of the fence is the fucking where we all are, That's fine. This is home run city. You're in foul territory. Penalty. 15 yards. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Nestlemania. Being a moron. Automatic. First down. Well, first off, if, if this whole show was about me being a moron, we'd never get anything done. So you keep throwing flags well, on Well, we the don't play. get anything done, do we? No, probably not. <laughs> but the issue here is more about entrances. For somebody like me, who wants to get through the fucking three hours... Because you're a loser. No, I'm not a loser. Yes. It's just perspective here. For somebody that is sitting here going, oh, thank God, I don't have to fast forward something. I fast forward the Viking Raiders entrance. I fast forward I every I, entrance. I fast forward half the matches. Why? Because the entrances are better. The entrances Give me the next mean promo nothing. or entrance. The matches. We already talked about this. Most matches on TV are useless. Oh, random this. I watch the ones that don't feel useless. Like, oh, this one's interesting. I'll watch it. But no, no, no. Rerun, shit like that. No. That I'll watch the, I'll watch the rerun heard. entrances because I get this oh exciting. God. But if I don't need to watch. Oh, I'm going to watch this match for the 15th time. Oh, suicide dive. Suicide dive. Random crowd pop. Oh, they're at six. Oh, they're going to break. When we come back, rest hold. Oh, yay. You, no. I'll tell you right now, you give me anybody's entrance, I'm telling you right now, out of this thing, 
You line them up next, next, next. It's the same thing. Oh Every my week, God. You could do everything wow. the same time. The entrances are wow. the exact same thing. They have one minute, wow. the music plays, the pyro wow. happens, and everything. It's the same thing. Wow. Same thing every time. You just complain about everything being the same. Entrances are the same. They're not, though, they because are. they're special. There's different crowds. No, every there's week. not. Different things. I, difference. No, everything. no, I no, love no. entrances. I would, if I, like I said, three hours of entrances on Raw would be a better show. You are, you are ridiculous. Facts, not opinion. You are just facts, beyond, not I, opinion. I can't waste an hour of my time having this conversation. I mean, you're, I feel if, stupider. If you for just conform it. to my views. No, I don't conform. For it'll anything. be over. Listen, I've told you, it's lonely on Nestle Island. I get I it. I know it is. You can tell me I'm right or wrong. I don't care. You only have one palm tree there. You barely get any shade. That sucks. That's considering very odd, considering how lily white I am. But I'll allow that. That's fine. You bury yourself in sand. That's true. With my thoughts and my prayers. <laughs> That's what exactly what it is. I did not expect to have an argument about this today, but whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Of the week. You just the fact that it's your biggest. What heat was your biggest heat of the week? So many things. Well, what was one? You got to pick one. I picked one. Well, my phone locked out. Give me a goddamn second. <laughs> Anyway, that's good television. So here, we didn't talk about it in the positive. I understand what it was. The rolling loud thing was good yeah. in an initial thought. It looked what cool. It, it looked cool, like we talked about. Yeah. But the crowd, like, and that, that's the kind of the thing is, like, you, you, you've sent weeks and weeks and weeks of promotional videos and tweets and all these other things saying how important the crowd is. We can't wait to have you back. And again, I was super stoked because when Ray Ray and I were talking a couple weeks ago, he, I, I love when wrestling goes on location. So when I saw this, I went, this fucking looks awesome. Like, I loved it. I love the entrances. Ha ha. I love Otis and Gable getting booed. Otis being at Rolling Loud yeah. is the best part because you know who's not at Rolling Loud? Otis. Yeah. <laughs> Otis looked like he was lost looking for directions. It was perfect. Yeah. Perfect heel. And it was awesome. And of course, you know... Montez didn't have to wrestle. It was Dawkins, who's clearly they, you know, the guy that does the work most of the time anyway in the tag team. The finesse comes from Montez. And then, of course, they had the, the ships passing in the night with the, the, you know, the, the Bianca thing, and that was great. That match was fun. I enjoyed it. because, But, yeah, I mean, the, the, when you get a crowd like this, it's like they didn't know what to do. you got a people who are a bunch of highs and drunks just fucking you know, there to see baby, and out comes wrestling there. Most of them are confused, but it's also like – the acoustics in those type of venues, like, you're never going to hear it. Like, they could have been cheering like crazy. Like, for Bianca, it could have been really, who the fuck knows? Yeah. Because like, on TV, that stuff never comes across. But for me, visually, I thought it looked cool. I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm glad they did it. I think it was a cool idea. But, yeah, and obviously, when you go from the fucking amazing crowd at Cleveland, shout out Cleveland, like, they lose That's LeBron. That's a real They lose now. LeBron, and they're still alive, so yeah. good for them. But uh, when you go from that to this, like, yeah, it's very noticeable. But it is what it is. So here's the other thing that I wanted to say specifically. And this is me being super nitpicky, but I think this is how there you... There we go. No, no, no. This is how you turn a negative of the crowd into a positive. When you go to, to, a, to a concert, right? Like, the only thing I can, I can think about in my head right now is because it's Freddie Mercury. It's fresh in my brain because of the movies. And, like, I just love Freddie Mercury as a showman. He'd have this thing where he'd stop and he'd be like, Ayo! And then the crowd would say, Ayo! Whatever, like that. You need to find a way to have the crowd with you. Because I think, like, Dawkins... And Montez, they tried to do that with Wale. No, no, no. But then it's not, I'm not saying during that. I'm oh, okay. saying I'm saying during the match, you could have found a spot. Would have been like, you could have had some crowd participation. Yeah. The way they shot it, which I understand why they did, because it looked visually cool. But what you did was by having the hard cam on the stage shooting to the crowd. What you did there was you made the wrestlers wrestle to the crowd with their backs, which really there was no crowd in front of them. So a lot of the crowd couldn't see what they were doing. Slash. The stage was like 14 feet above everybody else. So the first like 10 rows probably were just like, uh, And then they're in a ring, so it's yeah. even higher. It was just, it was bizarre. It was just like, and I get what they were doing, 
and it looked awesome. But from a production, production standpoint, and of course the crowd participation, I went, great idea in theory. I was super pumped to see it, but there were so many warts on it that I was just like, whew, this is rough. This is really, really rough for me. And it was. Speaking of warts, Drew McIntyre, this thing just won't go away. Can we talk about how we kicked it into high fear? Can we? Can we? So here's a here's a uh, uh, public relations note for you guys that don't know. Nestle's the one who tweets from the Jobberknocker account 99% of the time. So all those fucking corny jokes, they ain't mine. I'm sure you figured that out already, but they're his. So um, if you just want to tweet him, delete your account. I think that's fine. I think that's perfectly fair, and I would support you. Because when you give me a joke like that, hi, Veer. It was good. First of all, I didn't even know that was his name. Yeah, well, now you know because you won't forget. Sadly, that's going to be linked to it forever, which that guy, all right. Hey, look, at least, you know what? I didn't know who, I couldn't remember Umberto Carrillo until fucking Joe said Shimmy Shimmy. Shimmy, yeah, baby. So here it is. Hi, Veer, baby. Hi, Veer. You didn't remember the Vink until I kept saying the Vink. Here's here's what 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 I'm going to tell you that you're going to remember. How about the Scottish fire-breathing dragon? Is that what they called him? They called fucking Drew a Scottish fire-breathing. Jesus. What are we do? Like, it's just like every week, it's like a new fucking shitty moniker for this fucking guy. Like, I don't even get excited about the big shlony sword anymore. It's just like... He well, bo- they called him, what, sexy... The sexy, the sexy Ugh, Scotman I'm or whatever? I'm so bored by him, man. This is, It's just like, I'm so bored. I just... I'm happy that they're doing this thing with gender, but I just... I like, I have so much Drew fatigue that it's just like... I just I can't. He's a Mackin fart. I mean, that's really what he is. Drew Mackin It's a shame because the guy deserves better, but, you know, it's timing's everything. They blew all their good ideas during the pandemic. He got a raw deal. He did. But you know what? All you have to do is fucking throw him on the shelf for a while, let him come back for the Royal Rumble, and maybe I'll carry him. I think you need to dust him off and turn him. That's what you'd have to do. Dust uh, him off. Him as a heel was... would get me a little more interested, I yeah. think, because I'm just so sick of this fucking three, two, one. It's just like, fuck off. Yeah, it's not great, Bob. Not great at all. Is there anything else that got you super hot and heavy? Because um, I've got some stuff. But. Uh, go for it. Because the rest of the stuff, like, there are pieces that I liked, but overall, it's just like, whatever. So here's something that you just don't understand. Uh, well, at least I couldn't understand specifically, I guess, is the best way to put this. So Keith Lee and Karrion Cross have a match. Greatest hits of NXT. Very quick, whatever. You know, two-segment kind of thing. Cross won because, you know, Jeff Hardy's gone, I assume. So it was like, whatever. And then I looked at it and went... Huh? You know, because I, I, I was, I, here's, 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 here's where I'm stuck. And I, we probably won't know. Keith Lee tweeted out. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to me in two weeks or whatever, a couple weeks. Just give me my thoughts, which again, then we can. Yeah. Punch, he's going to explain like why his absence and stuff. Like we don't know all there's been yeah. a speculation. So yeah. he's going to tell us. We're going to pontificate on it when we hear it. But for me, I went and thought right now in this instance, in this world that we live in, Keith Lee is so far ahead in my opinion than carrying cross. 100%. And I understand you want to... He's so over, too. Right. And you want... And, and, and as much as I make the joke about him sounding like Yoda Derner's promos, all that shit, whatever. But carrying cross needed a big W. But that W didn't matter to me because he lost last week in what I thought was a very dominant loss. Like, you, I think it was you or somebody else said, like, it was the battle of the lose. Like, the winner doesn't get future endeavor or the winner doesn't look like yeah. shit. And it was hard for me to think... 
Karrion Cross already looks like a sad sack walking to the ring now. Like he has so that, nothing yeah, That's the thing for yeah. me. It's like, yeah, he won a match, but to me, he lost the second he came on stage right. because he doesn't look important without Scarlet and without his elaborate entrance. Like, that's how you, like, we're never going to take him seriously as a dominant heel unless if you give him his extra back. And until they do that, like, he can beat all the fucking former champions he wants. It ain't going to matter. But the reason to me, like, why this was such a big flub is because in terms of, like, the match and whatever, like, I'm all for, like, like if they would have built it. But just having this come out and having it, like these two guys both just thrown out there with no momentum and have them face with no lead up, that's where I think the disservice comes. Like if they kind of hype this up as like a mini feud, because we know Jeff Hardy's going to be out a little bit, maybe have Cross and Lee both get jobber matches this week. Give them a win and have them have a stare down. Like give me a little bit of build here. Or like even if they did a backstage promo earlier in the night where they crossed paths, because these two motherfuckers have history. Like, they have a lot of history down at NXT, and, like, the commentary called to it, which I think is helpful, and I'm glad they mentioned it, but it's like they could have built this into something, and that's where I think the disservice comes is because they didn't build anything here. They're not giving Cross any of his extra, but, like, so it's just, like, it's going to fall flat no matter what because, again, the in-ring product, I didn't mind. I like these two guys. I, I would fi be fine with seeing them. I thought the match was pretty competitive. They gave them time to actually wrestle, but it's just, like, even though Cross won, I thought it was a lose-lose for both guys. I Honestly, I think Keith Lee is better for him because what do I say about baby faces, Nestle? If you're not going to push them, break them all the way down and build them up, make us make them underdogs again. And who knows whether that's what they're doing with Keith Lee or is on the way out, whatever you want to speculate. Like Either way, at least for him, like this booking made sense. It's just like for Cross, I think they're continuing to do a disservice to him. It's just hard to watch, I think, in a way, because it feels like... It should be new and exciting, yeah, yeah. but it isn't. It isn't. And I think the other thing, too, is it's this weird dichotomy of, like, how do I watch NXT yeah. and they, give a shit with they've that? They've really screwed like, that how, like, so Explain that to me. Like, Him and Samoa Joe, like, they were building it well, but now it's just, like, they have to edit segments because there's Jeff Hardy chance. So yeah, like, it, way to fucking fuck your guy up. Yeah. Way to fuck this guy up and one... Vince had him for five minutes. Yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> And it's hard because he's probably thinking to himself, nobody watches NXT, which yeah. is whatever. But clearly we do because we're getting all upset about it. But the other thing, too, that I here's, – here's like you just said. He's in this heated rivalry with Samoa Joe, which we know is if you read the spoilers or something, something's going to transpire there. I'm not going to spoil it for you. But uh, as that's going to transpire, you look at it like this. He lost to Jeff Hardy. Yes, he's a former world champion. Jeff Hardy's an icon. Like, I get it. Like, but it's but just... Jeff Hardy has also had so many losses in the last six months that you're kind of like, he was on main event yeah. for no reason. He's been, like, ricocheted, you know, like, thrown over to this place that nobody watches. And it's just... But like Ricochet, you can't kill him because he's no, so it, fucking over. Yeah, it's just... Like, Jeff Hardy's just so great, but it's hard to think to yourself, okay, this guy had trouble with Jeff Hardy. Now he's, like, Samoa Joe should inevitably kill him, right? Like, who cares? Like, it didn't, it didn't help him because, like, for somebody like me, and I thought that you and Dom and TJ and all these other people, I think even Ray was on the same train, where it was saying, like, Karrion Cross really impressed me with that last Johnny Gargano match and all that stuff, which, again... I thought his match against Finn Balor was really good, too. I thought that was his best match, actually. So the thing that I don't really necessarily have to think about, but it, it, does, tra sorry, it does transpire through my head, or, or come through my head, rather, is if he does that kind of thing, why do I care? Like, why... Like, why is it important to me? Like, why is any of this important to me at all? Like, you, you basically, you, you, you're, you're telling me in my head, like, I was on the outs. I was saying, ah, uh, Karrion Cross didn't really, really matter to me. I want to see what he does in the main roster. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then he did. And I was just like, well, that just made me feel real bad about yeah. myself because I, I was cheering for the guy to get something, you know, for himself. And I, I, I feel like 
the whole roster in NXT should be like, please, I don't if ever want If you would have just shown, like, Karrion Cross's debut and his entrance and just wrote Frank Smith, like, <laughs> local talent underneath yeah. it, I would believe it because, like, the guy, like, what makes him so special is that image of his entrance and that image next to Scarlet. Because if not, like, yeah, the dude, like, clearly can kind of look like a badass, but in the works of words of wrestling... He looks like a regular guy if you just walk him out there like that. That's the whole point of a fucking gimmick. So it's like, oh, we're going to debut the NXT champion without his gimmick. What are you? It's just like, that's why last week I was so upset at this. Because it's just like, and it's just this week it was like they tried to rectify it with a cheap win. But it was just like, to me, like you've stripped the guy. You're sending him out there naked at a fucking clothes convention. Well, that's an odd sum. Well, I guess, yeah. I can see that in my head. It just had took me a second. <laughs> like at a closed convention, like like yeah, a bunch st- of nudists are around or whatever, yeah. but it's fine. Well, just one. It's this guy, and he sticks out. Yeah, that's, well, because he's nude. Yeah. yeah. Um, something else. <laughs> that's such a bad thing, but it works. No, but I, I, I completely understand you. I had a thought, and I think it just, because I was laughing at the nudist thing, I lost it. There's not much more we can talk about with it, because it's just kind of like, yeah, no, they, they got to fix it. Um. Anything else that you want to talk about or you want to get hopeful? I mean, I hate the contenders matches. I miss number one contenders matches. We had uh, Eva and Dudop uh, lose because of the doll version of Eva's return promos, which actually was like pretty funny. Yeah. I did laugh at that. Lily Lucian. Natty and Tamina retained. Natty got hurt. Hopefully she's okay. Uh, Priest beat Sheamus in a contender match. So that, I mean, you want to see that match. You want to see that feud. But I hate the when they do this. You give away the match and then expect me to care about the match. So it's just like, unless they give it a stipulation, it's going to be tough to buy into. Uh, the only other thing, WrestleMania, is, I mean, it's weird because I hate the title and I hate everything about it, but the Reginald shit is pretty fun. Him yeah. fucking doing gymnastics, it's, it's just a nice little break, but it's just like the rest of it with the fucking bozos running out, like I love him jumping over them and like that thing was cool. I know Guthrie didn't like the camera angle, but I like it because you get to see the height, but... Reginald's pretty fucking talented. He's unique. It's kind of like what I say about Ricochet. Reginald's like Ricochet adjacent, really, without the wrestling and more like <laughs> emphasis on the like sure. gymnastics. And but it's a fucking spectacle, man. The dude's a spectacle. Yeah. And I was gonna have a hope on this, but I, I think I'll just blow it here. No, you can do. We can go to the hope right now. Okay. Ha! Glorious. So here's my hope about this entire thing: was I don't care about the twenty four seven championship. I love our truth because our truth can always make something work. I mean, the mic thing was kind of odd the way he had to watch it, but it was like, I'm gonna get my baby back, y'all. And he just like he's funny. He o- he always finds a way to know exactly how to make something work. He just if it's shit, he's gonna turn it into chicken salad. He just can. He's just that good at his job. Then he's so in tune with that character of being just like, he's he's like Bugs Bunny. He just figures it out somehow, some way. So all I could think about was this is this is for me. It's never gonna be this. We were thinking it was gonna be this, but we were proven wrong the minute Mick Foley took the freaking title out of the bag. <laughs> I thought we were going to get a little bit of hardcore injected back into our life. <laughs> Reginald's the opposite. No, no, no. Hardcore. He's the opposite of hardcore. <laughs> he's parkour. He's parky. So here we go. He's the parkour champion is what we might as well call it. <laughs> but here's, here's what I was thinking logically was one of my favorite points of the hardcore championship back in the day was Crash Holly as the Houdini he of hardcore. Was really good. Just going through like the ball pit and like yeah. the kid things and like just finding ways to like they weren't even matches. It was just like how is he going to get out of this ridiculous situation? My hope is that we know that R-Truth, Tazawa, and there's like Drew Gulak, a couple of people that have said like, if you think of the 24-7 championship, you think of these guys. I want Reginald to be the other, I can't believe I'm saying this, Mount Rushmore of the 24-7. <laughs> and TJ's going to be like, you can't do that. R-Truth, Akira Tazawa, Drake Maverick, and Reginald. Sure, whatever. But when you think of that championship, I want him to have, this is, this is it. This is a new, fresh kind of thing. Yeah. But I want that Crash Holly feel of, how did he get out of this situation? Don't put him in the ring. I know it's cool. It's Cirque du Soleil. The crowd will ooh and ah about it, whatever. 
But I want him backstage. I want him flipping over somewhere in Gorilla. I want him being like in the Flipping cage. over a gorilla? No, not gorilla, but in gorilla Oh, no, that'd be cool too. I want him to flip over Whatever. a gorilla. Whatever. Go to a zoo. Do the 24-7 championship yeah, at a zoo. zoo. Just, but uh, he's the guy that is on location. It's primitive and it makes sense. It's easy, but it's so, it's, he, he can climb. He can jump. He can flip. Don't, like, I know we get it in the ring because of the Cirque du Soleil bullshit, but use that and have those segments go further away because honestly, it doesn't need to be in the ring because all they're doing is running Woo-hoo! and pinning. And all it is is running and pinning, running and pinning, getting a referee out here, running and pinning. At least with this, you can go to a hotel and pretend to get a massage like they did back in the day. And then someone takes a sheet and hits you in the head and tries to pin you. Then he bounces off the wall, gets a snack and runs down the hall. That's fine. At least we know that it's what it's supposed to be. And that's what I want. I want it to be, if we're going to be stuck with this thing, clearly, we they, are. We are. Launch him into a different stratosphere. Like, just, if you want to catapult him, have something rigged up and, like, send him over the moon. I don't care. Because this was not really over the moon, but you know what I mean? Like, when I watched it, I went, well, at least it's different. Yeah, that's how I felt. You too. know, but it's different. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's not something great, but it possibly could be. And we, honestly, I don't think it's going to resurrect the whole t- championship because it's been just shit it on It was never the alive to begin with. Right. And so for me, I look at it from a hope of, like, there's a glimmer that Reginald could be Crash Holly for this particular championship. Hey, there's also a hope that Reginald could be the best champion of 2021. Who knows? Oh, Jesus Christ. But we're going to go to my hope now in uh, WrestleMania. You know what my hope's about? I'm going to guess. The fucking doll. Oh, wow. So I like to, my, one of my favorite things to do with wrestling is I love to read like transcripts or watch like interviews of, like that wrestlers do, whether it's in kayfabe or not in kayfabe, because I just, I find it interesting. It's extra ways to get things about their character and them as a person, and then it makes you kind of understand maybe more nuances they give their characters. Well, um, while I was sitting in my car today, waiting for you to arrive after I finished my breakfast, I was reading a transcript with Chelsea Green, who left it open saying that, you know, if a certain thing arrives, then she'd be really interested in coming back to the E. And she obviously never really got her shot with the injuries and everything, but you know I hate the stupid fucking doll. But what was the one thing that we always were frustrated with with Bray Wyatt and the Sister Abigail thing is that we never actually got really got a Sister Abigail. Well, Lily's a fucking doll. But as we've seen in wrestling, inanimate objects can become people. So why not have Lily actually become a wrestler? And Chelsea Green pretty much said, I would come back to WWE to play Lily. Like, that is what I want to do. That is the character I've always wanted to do. That's what I want to do in WWE. I love the Alexa Bliss stuff. I watch it every week because that's what I wanted to do is that type of theme. And I was thinking, I was like, you know what? They're already feuding with a tag team. We've got Eva and Dewdrop. And uh, I joked about Eva wrestling the doll. It'd probably be better than Eva wrestling people. So maybe as she's wrestling the doll, maybe the doll transforms into Chelsea Green. I think this would be a fun little thing. It'd be get someone else and make the doll an actual person. It would give Alexa Bliss someone else to work off of. And obviously we've seen from, I believe, what was it, an impact where Chelsea Green really made the most of like the weird wonky characters, the hot mess or whatever. So I'm all for it. It'd be something different. It would get the doll off my TV and make the doll real. So I'm all for it. That's my hope, man. Chelsea Green, come back as Lily alongside Alexa Bliss. There's a lot of ways they can go with it. They eventually could feud too. So I'm all for it. If you're going to be weird, just fucking embrace the weird and let the creative people who want to be weird be weird. But you can't, you can't embrace a doll and be weird? No. I want the doll to come to life, but not as a doll. The doll in the Eva Marie promos was the best thing about the doll ever because that was fucking hilarious. I was laughing my ass off like bravo to whoever edited that because I thoroughly enjoyed that. I thought that was fucking perfect for a fucking Y-list storyline. It just like it was it was perfect. Hey, at least Eva didn't have to trip this week, so it's okay. 
<laughs> Shouldn't have to, but she probably did. She probably did. Although that zipper was holding on for dear life if you saw her on the internet. Woo. That was so somebody put that's a strong zipper right there. That was working overtime. Yep. I thought that I honestly thought for a hot second that I was like, is she going back to the malfunction gimmick again? Hey. But I, maybe she just forgot to zip it or something happened. I have no idea, but it's a rough, it's a rough business. It's yeah, that was that well, obviously was a big hot mess, um, to use the pun, but you know, it is what it is. All right, so uh time to go for our comebacks. Don't call it a comeback. Um, I'm giving it to my girl, Tony Storm. They actually gave her promos leading up. She's on SmackDown now. She beat Zelina Vega in her debut. I love Tony Storm. She kind of, she's been a heel, as we've seen, in NXT for a while. And I think she still also has storylines going to NXT. I don't know if they've canceled them and she's up now because, I don't know, I can't keep track of that shit. But she seemed to have, a, she obviously got a babyface reaction. And it seemed like she was kind of being a babyface here on SmackDown which I guess makes sense for what they're going to use her for to begin with, but I'm excited for her. You know I've been a big fan of Tony Storm for years. I think she's immensely talented. I think that she's kind of been underutilized for a lot in her career. Um, she had that nice run of NXT UK champion, had a good feud with Rhea Ripley where they went back and forth a bit, but I've always wanted to see her work with a lot of these four horsewomen main roster type people, whether it's a Sasha Banks or if it's an Alexa Bliss or even like the Carmellas of the world. I just, because they've never really seen it, and I've always considered Tony Storm on their level as being main roster ready. She just always was in the UK or in NXT or doing other things and working in other promotions. So for me, this is exciting because this is step one of getting to that point because I think there's a lot of really cool dream matches with her so she's gonna get my comeback maybe welcome to the show Smackdown Live you know Smackdown Live does things right so uh, I think there's hope for my girl hashtag thighs the limits yeah those help too yeah absolutely hips don't lie um I was gonna keep it all in the family from what you said earlier I'm giving my comeback I can't believe I'm doing this second time around Matt Cardona gets my comeback winning the JC sorry J the GCW championship against nick gage which honestly i don't care like i know i know of nick gage i've watched his craziness and all this stuff like dark side of the we'll ring see it on wednesday yes and that's a cool part too that he's kind of like a you know hired gun like no pun intended for you know mjf that's an awesome thing too but when i saw that like i'm not a big i'll be the first person to admit i do not like zach Ryder. i think matt cardona you don't say i'm I, I just think he's kind of a whiny kind of guy that moment was awesome though but that to me was just like, and somebody was like, those are real beer bottles hitting them and stuff. And he was just taking it. And I, you know, for, he went out of, here's the thing why he's getting my comeback. He automatically went out of his way with the John Moxley thing. Like he tried to make it look like, and it was a cool moment. We thought that he was going to get eaten alive, but they took it a, a step further with this one where it's the talk of the town. Yep. You know, it's the talk of the town. He right trended now. number one over everything. Yes. Literally everything. Matt fucking Cardona, who, like you said, he hasn't been relevant since he was fucking Zack Ryder. Ten years ago. YouTube, yeah. Ten years ago. This guy, and, like, we've seen him. They tried him in AEW, and no one really cared, even though he's friends with those guys. Like, he kind of, like, I got to do this on my own. He has done something that we never would have expected because his whole thing, his whole gimmick is he's a WWE guy, true and through true. He's the fucking E of all E, baby. But he embraced, like, this other side of wrestling and... That video, I watched it a million times because it was fucking cool. And you see he's been taking pictures of, like, his back and stuff. Like, he took a fucking beating for all your entertainment. So if Nestlemania has given him his yeah. comeback, you know that he's earned something there. Yeah, because I, I, I will never really be a fan of that guy. But you have to you have to admit. It's fucking cool. It's amazing what he was able to do, what Nick Gage was able to do in that matchup. And then, of course, the promo afterwards they had with, with Cardona saying something along the lines of, like, I'm the face of this company and I've got teeth. I went, that's it. That, put that on a t-shirt. Put that on a t-shirt right now. And honestly, you know, he had his boy come out, uh, I think, uh, was it this past week after he had won? Um, 
Mark Sterling come out and talk for him and say that they're going to, you know, try to help out GCW and make it a bigger deal than it already is, which, you know, we're going to get rid of the bad eggs. And if you watch that program, they're all bad eggs. Like the crowd is just ridiculous. Yeah. So like I, I, that's my kind of people that they're just kind of like, oh, fuck you, man. Like I'm going to throw a beer bottle at you. Like I would have done the same thing. I would have tried to find the, the biggest thing I could like a, I mean, don't throw a D cell battery at the poor guy, but like, you know, cause that's what they used to do in the NWO. They used yeah. to throw D cell batteries, but like they should hand out like, Soft tomatoes or something. Well, I mean, it, it would be funnier to me if they started, like, throwing his action figures at him. <laughs> because that would be, like, the simple, like, hilarious... TJ would be screaming, no, that's a mint! Don't that's, do it! They took it out of the box! They took <laughs> it out of the box! Uh, but it would be really funny. Um, but now he gets my comeback. Because I, I did, you just know we, we couldn't fit it in any other way. But this was such a hot topic. No, I'm glad you brought it up. Because, honestly, this was, this was one of the cool things. And, like, I had no idea what GCW was or anything about it. But now we all do. Yeah. Like, he, he did, like... Matt fucking Cardona made something incredibly relevant. Like, that's the thing with this guy is, like, throughout his career, even though, like, he has mostly been a joke, he makes – he does get your attention, whether it's one way or another. And so bravo to him. Bravo for them for embracing him. Bravo to Nick Gage for really doing the deed of getting him over. Um, but, yeah, that, that was cool. But that's going to transition us right to the finish. Nestle Big old finish. AEW has another specially uh, – what's this? Is this Fighter Fest? I think it's Fight for the Fallen. Fight for the Fallen. I don't know why Fight for the Fallen and Fighter Fest is a fight, 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 I, fight, fight dude, all the I way for three weeks, but whatever. Why I can't keep it straight. But they got a fucking stacked card, and that's uh, number one is the Painmaker, Chris Jericho, making his return to face Nick Gage. And uh, I don't know what to expect in this. I'm not expecting a wrestling match because no. it's Nick Gage and also Jericho can't wrestle anymore, really. But it's just like this – I mean, I th I'm assuming Jericho's going to get the shit beat out of him, and it's going to be a bloody mess, and it's going to be tough to watch because it's probably going to be disgusting. I mean, I'll watch it because I'm interested, which they've got my money or they've got my attention or whatever you want to talk about. They've got it. Am I going to be a fan of it? I don't know. But On this card, it's, it's probably towards the bottom of my interest level, but, like, I'm loving this MJF thing. I, like you said, I love that he's hiring random because we. See, did, I thought it was going to be all pinnacle. That's what I was, yeah. yeah, that's what I thought too. So I thought this was a nice twist. they would be like, now we can expect anyone. And I think that's the so here's the other thing. People will be like, no, I can't believe, you know, Nick Gage is, is dealing with people like Matt Cardona and MJF and all this other stuff. I'm like, motherfucker, did you hear his story? He robbed a bank. Yeah. The guy just wants to fucking make money yeah. in wrestling. This makes more sense than anything I've yeah. ever seen. Spoiled fucking brat rich kid hires a total badass for a shit ton of money to do the work for him. Yeah. That is literally like Real story 101. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Fuck them virgins. They don't know shit, but no one else would be cool. Yeah. Imagine if the last leg of this fucking roars his way out. Oh, <laughs> Everyone would cry, but oh, it would God. be hilarious. I he got Wardlow. He's like bronze. I know, light. but I just imagine like the fucking because uh, the AEW people are so anti Braun. It would be so perfect. But I yeah, I, but he would. But the thing is, is like people are just stupid in general. And if they realize, if they just realize, if they just were quiet, <laughs> he wouldn't yeah, be but he, I mean, he'll get a pop anyway. So that's the thing. Is like the the small minority of the internet trolls. Like they don't like Braun, but anyone in a crowd fucking cheers him, as we've always seen. But we got to get to the rest of this card. Uh, Archer's defense is newly won IWGP US title against don't, Haku's son. Or? Yes, it's probably okay. easier to say Haku's son. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he just won it last week clearly Archer's winning. Let's move on. Yeah. I don't care. I'm glad he wanted to move on. Uh, next up, we have Hainman in the Dark Order versus the Elite in a 10-man match. If Hainman and the Dark Order win, they get title shots, so obviously they're going to win. But uh, for a 10-man tag, and this actually has my attention. Uh, you know I hate this stuff, so I'm not going to really care until At it's At least be... it has meaning! It does have meaning, and I will say that's fine, and it's whatever. We got stakes. Mm, Omaha stakes, but whatever. Uh, I don't really care for it. I do love that it's Hangman. I would say if it's not booked with five on one with Hangman beating all five of them, or Kenny taking a, a you know a, a ten count at the very end, then I'm fine with it. But like if it's anything else than that, 
I think it's poorly done. I think they're going to highlight whoever the tag team is going to be for the Dark Order a little bit in the match, too, because they got to kind of give them some shine because the, right? the Dark Order is what it is. Uh, but the, the main event for me, and what I think might be actually the true main event of the show, FTR versus Santana and Ortiz. You want to talk about tag team porn? This is a matchup I've wanted to see, and I know that both these teams have wanted to have since FTR has shown up in AEW. I think it's exciting. This is a big fucking deal. And, man, I expect the world for it. Um, I don't even know if it can live up to my hype, but either way, like, I am so excited for this. FTR wins because, I mean, They're FTR. baby's got a chase, baby. Baby's got a chase yeah. for that W. Yeah, and I would, I honestly, I would love if fucking this was for titles, but the titles are on the fucking Yuncucks. But... I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to bring them up. You, yeah. ha you always have to bring yeah, them up. They're the fucking Yuncucks. Matt Caster knows, baby. By the way, side note, do you, like, read Max Caster's tweets? No, All he no. does is quote tweet MGF and tell him how cute he is. It's fucking hilarious. No matter what MJF says, Max Caster quote tweets it and makes something sexual about how he wants to like it's just it's so fucking funny. That dude, like, oh God, he's such a fucking MVP, man. Anything else you want to piss through the rest of this? I don't care about NXT. The card looked kind of lame. But uh, jobberknocker.com, that's our website. You should check out the weekly content because NXT, even though I don't care about the card, it'll probably be a great show. Our boy Dom will have coverage. Joe is AEW. Um, and, and, and Dom also has Impact. We might have uh, a new show getting covered soon. Uh, TBD on that. So look forward to that. But uh, tpublic.com slash jobberknocker. Nestlemania right now is wearing the JKP shirt. Uh, pretty dope. An NWO uh, design. So you definitely want to buy that along with everything else that we have up there. But Twitter, the handles at Jabberknocker and the rest of the team are in the description, Facebook, Instagram. You know, that's where you want to be, baby, because we're everywhere on social media. That's just how it is. I did that backwards, but no one fucking cares because I say what I, I want. It's harder to five do. Five stars, five flames on the podcast. Do it. Is that it? We're ready to hit, hit the road? Hit the road, Jack, and don't no, you come no, no, back no, no. no more. Okay. No. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to. That's better to go that way. Anyway, thank you for listening to us on this week of the Jabberknocker. We'll be back next week with more Jabberknocker. Nestlemania sucks. Nestlemania sucks. It's tough syllables there.